two. Take two and two, one. This is as close as we can get to the base of the World Trade Center. You can see the firemen assembled here, the police officers, FBI agents, and you can see the two towers. A huge explosion now, raining debris on all of us. We better get out of the way! everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we all know where we were on that fateful date 22 years ago. None of us forget it, and the implications of what happened that day affect us to this day. Well, please welcome San Francisco Bay Area architect Richard Gage, AIA member of the American Institute of Architects and founder and former CEO of Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. He, along with his courageous wife and assistant, Gail, continues to lead the charge towards a real investigation into the destruction of all three World Trade Center skyscrapers and 9-11 at richardgage911.org. First of all, thank you very much for joining us again, uh, Mr. Gage. Uh, Josh, it's my uh, my honor to be on World Alternative Media again. Yeah, let's do it on September 11th today. Absolutely, yeah. And you are on the scene there, as I can see, it's spreading good information on the streets. And um, I wanted to just go right into it and ask, like, what are some of the key points of evidence pointing to controlled demolition of the three towers in question on 9-11? Well, what we're asking people on the street here is this. Did you know a third tower came down on 9-11? And sometimes they do that. And that's, that's okay. It's mm. like 70, 80% of Americans don't want to know. They can't afford to know uh, the, uh, th that there could have been any kind of a conspiracy. And yes, that's what controlled demolition points to. We, we tell them about the third tower that came down on 9-11. World Trade Center Building 7. Did you know that it, a third tower fell? It wasn't hit by a plane, Josh. It came straight down, uniformly, symmetrically, at free fall acceleration, as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky. Mm -hmm. And, and that uh, doesn't happen uh, uh, except with explosions in the building. And that's what witnesses heard before it came down. It's all on our website, which is richardgage911.org. But you can see the evidence there. You can see uh, the uncanny similarity between an explosive controlled demolition and Building 7. Here's zero seconds. Here's two seconds. Here's three seconds. Yeah, in seven seconds, the whole building has fallen from top to bottom smoothly, suddenly, symmetrically. That doesn't happen by office fires the official narrative of how this building came down put forth by NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who was tasked by Congress to explain these collapses to the American people. And so we've never in history lost a steel frame, fire protected type one building like this ever. It's never happened. We have dozens and dozens of much hotter larger and longer lasting fires in these buildings. Not one of them have come down. It's unprecedented. So it should have been accompanied with extraordinary evidence uh, by NIST. And it wasn't. Uh, well, in fact, they just swept it under the rug. 
Something that I find interesting, uh, Richard, is that, of course, you have Larry Silverstein, who, um, of course, owned the lease on the tower. He said on video to pull it. I remember getting a call from the uh, fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such terrible loss of life. Maybe the smartest thing to do is, is pull it. Uh, and they made that decision to pull, and then we watched the building collapse. We have videos of firemen saying that it's about to come down. Keep your eye on that building, it'll be coming down. The building is about to blow up. Moving back. We are looking back. There's a building about to blow up. Uh, and you were, you guys knew this was coming all day. We had been had, we had heard reports that the building was unstable and that it eventually would either come down on its own or it would be taken down. It, it was obviously a controlled demolition, but then the question remains, how would they wire an entire building in a few hours or in a couple hours after the first plane hit to bring down an entire skyscraper? Well, you don't do that in a burning building at all. Yeah, it takes months, <laughs> in fact, uh, be, to set up uh, the demolition. And, and of course, we have the forensic evidence in the dust, which uh, shows us both examples of ignited and unignited thermite. Uh, this is incredible. Uh, let me just show you this because uh, there's no mistaking the evidence here. We looked at the building. That's enough proof alone, right? Mm. But in addition, we have billions of previously molten iron microspheres in all the World Trade Center dust documented by the U.S. Geological Survey who did studies on the dust and found this. They don't know where they came from. Up to 6% of some of these dust samples are previously molten, meaning 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit, meaning four times what most office fires ever ever get to that temperature. And uh, meaning uh, iron, meaning elemental iron, we haven't used iron in our skyscrapers for 100 years. Where, where do the iron come from? Well, iron, molten iron, in fact, is the byproduct of thermite. Thermite is an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. And, and that's exactly what we have here with uh, nanothermite found in these dual-layered red-gray chips in seven independently collected samples by this team of eight international scientists in, led by Niels Herrett in Copenhagen. And they document their peer-reviewed study of these dual-layered red-gray chips because the red layer, they zoom into 50,000 times and they find what? Iron oxide, and aluminum powder, the main ingredients of thermite. Oh, they get real curious now. They find that the iron oxide crystals are a thousand times smaller than the diameter of a human hair. And the aluminum platelets also, this is nanoscale, mm -hmm. very sophisticated material found uh, only in the most advanced defense contracting laboratories. It was developed by Lawrence Livermore Lab well before 9-11 and documented as super thermite, they called it. It's set in a bed of oxygen silica carbon. Uh, that's a, a organic material which expands rapidly, producing gases to knock things over. So they've engineered an incendiary to become more explosive. So it's all documented in the 25-page peer-reviewed paper in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal. Just Google active thermitic materials mm -hmm. in the World Trade Center dust.
that and the molten iron found by, uh, well, photographers, videographers pouring out of the South Tower minutes prior to its collapse and pouring out of the material held in the hands of the crab claw excavators. Uh, they had no idea uh, what to think about these extreme temperatures, which were um, causing huge problems for safety uh, at the site. So they dig way down. Uh, the rescue workers are finding pools of molten iron uh, all throughout the debris of the World Trade Center. They'd lift beams up, and then they would sh uh, ex expand rapidly, flaring up uh, with flames, the ends of the beams. Well, guess what? The ends of the beams are also in the Twin Towers, actually causing the uh, ejected laterally mm -hmm. at eight at six at uh, 80 miles an hour, landing 600 feet in every direction. So all the steel has been ejected and uh, embedded into skyscrapers all around the World Trade Center. And uh, if that's the case, you look at the, the bottom of the aftermath and we see a pile only four or five stories tall. These are 110-story buildings, each floor an acre in size. We don't see a stack of pancakes. We don't see the steel. Well, the concrete's being pulverized in midair. So it's, it's not available to crush the building below it. Neither is the steel. It's all well outside the perimeter of ground zero, uh, in, in, particularly the concrete from river to river across lower Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So nothing's left to crush the building. That was three quarters of the weight of the building, Josh. Wow. And, and you know, we've seen um, examples of pieces of beams from the World Trade Center shot out like bullets and stuck in buildings nearby. Yep. Um, we, we see the sheer cuts on the steel beams in many uh, of the photos of the ruins of what remained after it uh, collapsed. Uh, I mean, what would it take to... Um, you know, get a building to get a, a steel beam to be cut perfectly um, at a near diagonal level for the whole thing to collapse into its footprint. Obviously, it would have to be uh, loaded with bombs. Well, clearly there were explosives. And guess what? There's 156 responders, first responders, who are direct witnesses of explosions, seeing explosions hearing explosions, being blown around the building by explosions. This, these were recorded orally in the first, uh, by, in, in the first month after 9-11. So these witnesses, none of them appear in the final reports, even though they claim to have interviewed 116 first responders, NIST, National Institute of Standards and Technology, tasked by Congress to explain these collapses to the American people. They completely whitewashed the event. 36 of 40 reporters reported these events as explosive events bringing down the towers. And that the day after, the whole story changed as they brought on engineers to be interviewed by TV anchors saying, oh no, this, this steel weakened. And, and then the top part drove the rest of the building down to the ground. Well, that completely violates the laws of physics. The top is the weakest part. It can't possibly fall smoothly, symmetrically, uh, straight down through the rest of the cold, hard, intact steel. 80,000 tons of structural steel 
three times stronger than it ever needed to be to support um, the weight uh, of that building. Didn't even slow down, Josh. Speed it up, accelerating 66% of free fall acceleration. Uh, and that's what we're telling people here is all of these facts that together amount, and individually they amount to direct evidence of explosive destruction. There's no question, especially when you look at the um, the uh, squibs, as you mentioned, these isolated explosive ejections, 20 stories down below the destruction zone, 40 stories down, 80 stories, 60 stories down. We have these uh, squibs, as they're called, mm -hmm. uh, 200 feet per second. They're ejected. This is not. Uh, this is blocked by physicists. It's not air pressure. It's mm -hmm. it's uh, explosive ejection. Okay, so Richard, I mean, there's so 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 much evidence, and you've I, I guarantee you, you're the number one expert in the world on this because you've been talking and doing lectures for so many years on this subject. There's so much evidence, and I urge people if they want all the long form information um, that we can't fit all into one interview today uh, to go to richardgage911.org. But I wanted to ask you, what are some of the biggest moves made in recent years to get closer to the truth about what happened 22 years ago? Because I know there must be some um, some moves forward uh, happening in, in the time in the last uh, few years. Oh, yeah. We are in the middle of making a very exciting film, Josh, that will go straight to the uh, for a special grand jury investigation. It's called 9-11 Crime Scene to Courtroom, a docufilm series, the most comprehensive body of technical information ever assembled. And in the boardroom to a grand jury filmed by uh, with Mick Harrison and myself. Mick is the litigation director for the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry. I provide the evidence along with 24 of my colleagues, experts in their fields and first responder eyewitnesses with some incredible testimony that the 9-11 Truth Movement hasn't even heard before. So uh, I give the evidence. They give the evidence. Uh, Mick will present to the grand jury their options for dealing with these different classifications of evidence, who they might uh, subpoena as persons of interest to get to the bottom of who done it. That's their job. In, in a criminal investigation is to find out who the criminals are, indict them, and then they come to jury uh, trial for, for uh, they come to trial, for, hopefully to be prosecuted, those who are truly guilty, and there must be many of them, uh, because this is a vast conspiracy across broad swaths of government and the media and uh, the military, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, who knows, foreign intelligence, I'm sure is involved as well. Well, you know, with everything we've seen uh, since, I mean, millions of people have died due to the story about 9-11, the narrative around 9-11. So I, people often ask me, okay, it was 22 years ago. What does it matter? It matters so much because everything is being laid out before us after what we've seen, um, you know, all those years ago. I have to ask, what are people's, what are people's reactions there on the street generally? Are you getting mostly positive, mostly negative, somewhere in the middle? I'm sure some of the well, people you bumped into were probably even there that day. Let's see. Uh, let's try it out. Did you know a third tower fell on 9-11? That's about average. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you can see it live in action. Um, <laughs> some people will stop and we'll have an engagement. They, I didn't know a third tower came. They actually, they got their, their heads on, you know, they're thinking. They're open-minded. They want to learn something new. But most people are simply uh, not wanting to be bothered. 
Um, and I didn't want to be bothered, Josh. Uh, in 2006, when David Griffin interrupted my life, uh, I was in my in my uh, my van wa uh, driving back from a construction observation meeting, and I'm hearing him talk about a third tower. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I would know if a third tower came down. I actually got angry. And then as he talked about it, and he provided evidence, which I just couldn't refute in my mind yet, um, and I tried, um, and I failed. But uh, sure enough, there was a third tower, yeah. uh, and I didn't know anything about it. I'm one of 90,000 members of the American Institute of Architects. I didn't hear, uh, I didn't receive one bulletin from the AIA about the third worst structural failure in modern history after the Twin Towers. So it's, it's pretty amazing. Have a seat. And re here's some reading material for you. This is the third worst structural failure in modern history. And you need to know about it. Uh, the Twin Towers. This is standing right next to the Twin Towers. In fact, Building 7 has just been rebuilt right up here. And um, not just uh, years ago, but following the destruction of the original Building 7 uh, at free fall acceleration. Hopefully so, it was built a lot uh, better. Now, this gentleman sat down and he's reading this material. He's open-minded. And uh, we're, we're... Either way, my dad's dead. Your, your dad is dead? He was in the towers? Oh, search and rescue. Oh, my God. Uh, so his, his father died uh, trying to rescue others. Wow. So we're, we, you do meet a lot of people who have direct experience with the tragedy here on 9-11. And we sit down and we talk to them. And a lot of time there's tears let. It's a very emotional experience, Josh. Uh, of course it is, because, you know, I, I've talked to so many people in New York City who all know someone who all had to witness this event. And, you know, it, it, it stays with someone. A lot of people lost their parents. A lot of people lost their mothers their their business partners or friends or brothers. And this is why it's so important to continue to talk about this, because if we have um, planted explosives in a building that brought it brought down a building that killed all these people, Obviously, the investigation needs to be seen instead of pushed to the side like JFK for 65 years. Obviously, yeah. we need to have this conversation. Um, if it weren't for this obvious false flag 22 years ago, do you think it would have been uh, easily or as easy and possible uh, for later false flags to take place, including locking down, including, you know, all the security, the surveillance, all these different things that have happened since? Would it have been possible if it weren't for that fateful day 22 years ago? Right, like the Patriot Act, the Military Commissions Act, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012, in which any of us now can be arrested without a right to a lawyer, a trial, a jury. American citizens, we can even be tortured and assassinated. That is not cool. It's completely unconstitutional. Our texts, our emails, uh, our phone calls are systematically recorded, illegally, unconstitutionally, all because of the emergency uh, that was created and manufactured and engineered and executed on 9-11. And we went to war because of the attack on the Pentagon also. So they could get away with destroying the crime scene evidence here at the World Trade Center because this was declared an act of war. So they weren't bound by the laws of preservation of evidence in a crime scene. Wow. Uh, can you get that gentleman's uh, father's name? I would, I would love to make sure because these names need to be heard. Yes, sir. Would you like to share your father's name so that we can tell more? Okay. 
he's declined that. Uh, that's that, fair that, enough. Uh, no, that's fair yeah, enough. I just think we need asking. to we, we need to um, remember all these people. We uh, I go to the 9-11 memorial uh, once every year or so, and I see all these names. And it's just a jumble of all these names. And every single one of those people had a family. Um, and every single one of those people's families were dramatically affected by that day. And it's just, it's sad. But, you know, um, as always, Richard, I really appreciate you joining us. And thank you for the great work that you are doing there on the street, waking people up, making people aware of this kind of stuff. Because the more people that are aware of this, the more we'll be aware of all these other things, the more chance there is for an investigation, a real one, and hopefully independent that actually breaks this down and hopefully people are led to justice on this absolutely horrible offense against um, humankind. Uh, can you tell us about your um, podcast, your your videos, and also uh, what information people can find over at uh, richardgage911.org? You bet. Uh, Gail and I are just hot all over it. We are, um, we've given 80, 85 podcasts now in the last two years since I separated from my original organization I founded 18 years ago, uh, Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth, which, by the way, has 3,600 architects and engineers now demanding a new investigation. And what uh, Gail and I today are going over to the New York Jets game. We have New York Jets green uh, T-shirts that says, Jets fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of fun. And we're going to have a plane uh, bring a banner over the the uh, the auditorium, the stadium that says uh, 9/11 Truth. Aaron knows. Do you? That's sort of an inside Jets um, uh, uh, theme because he's the new quarterback, and this is their first game here on September 11th. Mm -hmm. So we're making a scene over there. Oh, that's uh, perfect. So, yeah, no, it really is. And Gail and I have uh, gone to speaking engagements uh, around the country, more busy than we've ever been at AE 11 Truth. Why? Maybe because we took the stand to speak out about the false flag operation in the last three years uh, with its um, false disease manufactured and the false solution to it, uh, which um, is neither safe nor effective, of course, and very, very dangerous. So uh, we're, um, we're all over that subject, too. In fact, we're using Kevin Ryan's parallels the 12 parallels of 9-11 and COVID. That's the playbook. It's the same playbook, Josh. We have an abuse of science, a, creating a climate of fear to manipulate people with a shifting narrative by intelligence agencies. Uh, we have foreknowledge of both of these events in insider trading, predictive programming. Uh, we have uh, a complete censorship by the media. Uh, the surveillance uh, uh, state that's been enacted in each case uh, so uh, it goes on and on, and we owe it to Kevin Ryan, who did an exceptional job uh, looking at these and finding the parallels between uh, these operations, major psyops uh, that we've been encumbered with. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, after 9-11 happened, everything has been downhill as far as our, our resistance to intelligence communities, um, the, the psyops, we have the Great Reset, which could not be possible. And this technocratic elite could not be possible at the rate that they're going with if it weren't for um, what happened on 9-11. Uh, of course, the COVID tyranny, the World War III tyranny, the, what they're doing to children right now and demoralization of the public, the cash of society, all these things stem from what the government was allowed to do 
after 9-11. And if we only knew the full truth of what happened on 9-11, I'm sure that people would be more resilient generally and, and collectively than they are today. Richard, thank you so much for everything you do. I know you've sacrificed a lot talking about 9-11 and you've sacrificed a lot talking about COVID too and all these other issues because they're all important and you know the truth will set us free. So I urge everyone watching, check the description of this video or podcast and check out richardgage911.org. And I urge you to go and support him any way you can because he's really trying to bring change over this issue and bring that awakening to the public, which could save a lot of lives going forward. So again, Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Josh. My honor. And thank you for having me.